0: Welcome to the Human Capital Innovations Podcast. In this HCI podcast episode, I talk with Julie Wilson about the importance of effective leadership coaching in organizations. Julie Wilson, welcome to the Human Capital Innovations Podcast.
1: Thank you, John. Good to be here.:
0: Yeah, I'm excited to have the chance to chat with you. It was fun just chatting in our pre-interview and, and getting to know you a little bit better and understanding a little bit more about your background. And I think the listeners will really enjoy our discussion today. Today we're going to be focusing on the importance of effective leadership coaching in organizations, how we can do that better, some of the tools that are available to help us do that, and really why it's important. Um, to coach leaders and to prepare the next generation of leaders within organizations. As we get started today, I just wanted to share Julie's bio with the listeners. Julie Wilson can show you how great you can become, and she helps you to get there. She is an author, consultant, and leadership coach. Her workplace skill-building programs have helped thousands of employees and managers step into their potential as leaders and increase their creativity, collaboration, and problem-solving capabilities of their teams. She's the co-founder of the Academic Leadership Group, the founder of the Institute for the Future of Learning and an instructor at Harvard Extension School. Julie graduated uh, from the Harvard Graduate School of Education with a master's degree in education, specializing in adult development, learning technology and behavioral change. Uh, That is a really awesome background um, and it's, it's such a pleasure and a privilege to have the chance to talk with you today.
1: Thank you John, it's great to be here.
0: Anything you would like to add by way of background or context for the listeners before we really jump in?
1: Well I have come to motherhood somewhat late in li- late in life. I am 46 and I have a two and a half year old son so I would say my learning curve is perpendicular right now. I, you know leaders and I discuss the whole concept of our VUCA world and uncertainty and complexity and ambiguity and I feel like motherhood right now is throwing a whole bunch of complexity and ambiguity at me and uh, it's it's really helping me uh, dig into I guess a whole other part of my work which I you know I'm quite happy to coach other people on but which I'm pretty bad at myself which is mind taking things more you know pausing smelling roses and having a toddler really helps to just slow me down and help me notice and I guess maybe take things a little bit easier than what I have in the past. So the lessons are abundant right now. I think he, he's gonna be my greatest teacher.
0: Well, that's excellent. Congratulations. Um, kids are a joy and a handful. Mm-hmm. Um, I have six children myself, though mine are a little mm-hmm. bit further um, along. My oldest is 16, my youngest is seven. And uh, so we're past the, the baby and toddler stage. Um, mm-hmm. but, but every day is an adventure for sure. Um, so <laughs> I, I, uh, I wish you well as, well as you, as you navigate everything. <laughs> yeah. Well, um, so today we're going to really be honing in on leadership coaching and I know that's something you spend a lot of time doing and I'm sure, um, you know, in addition to your own practice and your own um, consulting work, uh, that's probably some, something that you spend a lot of time focusing on in your, your work with the Harvard extension school. and and working with executives and and other students in that capacity. Um, It's a really important area because in my experience, a lot of organizations don't put enough thought um, towards, well, not just their own leadership um, effectiveness, but also leadership succession uh, and just preparing the next generation of leaders to take the reins when the opportunity arises or necessitates. Um, and I think right now we're in this COVID environment where, where uh, we, we have a heightened sense of urgency to address all these organizational challenges and problems. And it's, it's more important than ever that we, we really have a breadth across the organization of highly trained, highly skilled, um, capable people that can take on leadership roles.
1: Mm-hmm. Yes, in in some organizations, it it almost feels like the higher up you get in the organization, uh, it's, you know, development by Darwinian evolution. If if you can work this out and be successful, then great. But the organization, many organizations, I think, put in more scaffolding and support to really help meaningful leadership development, not just go off and go to a course for, for two days, but how do we think about talent in this organization? So...
0: Yeah, that's a really good point. Um, and, you know, people go off to conferences, they, they um, do retreats, they do seminars. Uh, you have things like LinkedIn Learning so people can hop on in, you know, real time in, in the gaps of their day. They can, you know, do a little bit of training here and there. All of this is great. All of these are great tools. And I, and I hope people utilize those resources. Um, podcasts like this and other podcasts, there's so much content. There's so many great resources out there. But it, it's got to be more, than just tuning into a podcast or just doing a quick LinkedIn learning, um, you know, uh, course or doing a two-day retreat or going to a seminar, um, leadership development's much more than that, and it it's it's it needs to be structured. It needs to be needs to be su- sustained over time um, because it requires application. Um, just just reading a book or just listening or just watching, you know, that that can help you absorb information, but then you have to apply the information. Um, into practice so that you can actually uh, make improvements and stretch your skills and your capabilities.
1: Yes, it reminded me, I remember reading a book one time, a great book on presentation skills, and the final page, the author said, you know, there's a lot of recommendations on how to practice and really generating as many practice opportunities as possible. And I think one of his final sentences was those who practice get better and those who don't, don't. So, important.
0: <laughs> yeah, that's a that's a succinct way of putting so it. Uh, very helpful. <laughs> that's very good. So so how can I tell how I'm doing as a leader? So I'm in an organization, I have a team of people that report to me or maybe I'm even above middle management and I'm up into the executive levels. You know, you're getting bombarded constantly. You have pressures from all sides. You have all mm-hmm. these stresses and tensions, all these priorities. How do you know how you're doing as a leader and how do you put the time in to, mm. to focus on that?
1: Yes, a couple of ways that uh, I invite clients to think about feedback. So one is uh, the higher up the organization you go, the less likely you are to receive candid feedback if you ask people for it directly. So the you know, cliche question, of so how am I doing? The response to that is usually a nodding, nodding of the head and two thumbs up. Yeah, you're doing great, you know it really doesn't elicit a candid response but if you were to make that more specific and in conversation with your team say, so here, here are our goals here, here's where we're headed uh, and a great question uh, just an open-ended question would be what should i keep doing to help lead us towards these goals stop doing and start doing that keep stop start really generates a lot of uh, in my experience, really useful, focused, targeted feedback, because that feedback then tells you exactly what you should keep start doing, and you get to see some of the themes. Now, of course, it depends on how much trust and transparency that you've built on your team uh, up until that point, and in some cases as well, the overarching culture of your organization. I've worked with folks, and they've decided to put it out just on a you know Google Sheets or Qualtrics or some sort of survey monkey, uh, just as three open-ended questions, and then they get anonymous responses back. Uh, some folks say, no, I'd, I'd like to really, you know, have the of the process as I build a more open and transparent culture within our team. So uh, it depends on your, I guess, your meta-level cultural goals there. Uh, and then another option, and uh, this is a great idea from a book called Thanks for the Feedback by Douglas Stone and Sheila Heen. They're both two folks out of the program and negotiation at Harvard Law. And just a you know, great question. Uh, what do you see me doing or failing to do uh, that holds me back as a leader?
0: I love those questions. And, and um, in part because of the simplicity, it, it you know, it doesn't take some uh, huge complicated instrument to mm-hmm. give you insights to yourself and to help you make the necessary positive changes, you know, that will have pretty big impact on your team, your people uh, mm-hmm. and your own approach, your own style, your own effectiveness. Um, now, I'm not saying that to say that other more complex instruments aren't useful, um, but you don't need them to get started. At least you you really can just do something very simple. You can use existing free softwares to collect the the, the data, the information. Uh, just having those simple conversations with people, even um, there's lots of ways to do it, and 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 we can all get started today. That's the thing is you don't you don't need uh, any expensive software package to do it right away to get started. Uh, you don't need even a high paid consultant. And I know both of us do consulting, so maybe I'm shooting myself in the foot by saying that, but you don't you don't need us to get started. Now you might want us, as you get more into the nuances and the complexities and, and whatnot, but to get started on the right foot, it, it really isn't that complicated. And you can just ask some of those basic questions and start to listen and start to really pay attention to what people are saying. If you can do that, that's half the battle. And then from there, you can start to build in the complexity.
1: Well said. Uh, I think all it requires is courage. It's a, it's a courageous act, I think, to ask your team and to genuinely want to know, you know what's working well and, and what might you do differently, what what needs to be improved. And the reality is people know it's there anyway. So why wouldn't you take the development opportunity, ask for it, and then continue to, you know, really strengthen your leadership.
0: Yeah, excellent. One of the tools that I really have liked in the past is, is some sort of a 360 feedback instrument. Um, now, again, the, these can be incredibly simple um, in how they're used, or they can get into much more complex um, types of instruments that allow for a lot of different quantitative analyses um, to get into all the you know particulars of, of a leader's style and approach and communication and strategy and all that kind of stuff. Um, can you talk us through a little bit of, of your experience using 360 feedback tools, um, how you've seen them? Working and and, you know whether or not you feel like they're effective and why.
1: Mm -hmm. Sure, Uh, I'm kind of torn to be honest when it comes to 360 tools. Uh, One of the big reasons why I'm torn is it does tend to perpetuate a culture of anonymity with giving feedback. And I would love to see—I know it won't happen overnight, but I don't know—maybe ten years from now, could there be a more open culture in organizations of, of giving feedback? Uh, another sort of pet peeve that I have is it can take the radar anywhere between 40 minutes and an hour to complete and everybody's so busy these days uh, that can take an incredible amount of time uh, it might reduce your response rate and then I also I was reading recently an article in Harvard Business by uh, Marcus Buckingham where he talks about the radar effect and if I'm asked you how would Responsible is Jonathan. That's through my filter of my own responsibility, and I will rate that differently compared to somebody else because our lenses are different. So there's that, you know, liability part of it. Uh, then on the flip side, you know, I have met folks, uh, and this tends to be more often earlier in their career, maybe their first management management position, where they've had a pretty uh, basic to intermediate 360, and it revealed a couple of blind spots. That they obviously weren't, weren't aware of. And it was super helpful in really helping them get to their next, next level of manage, management and then leadership. Uh, so as you can tell, comments here. I am kind of torn when it comes to 360s. The The more senior folks with whom I've uh, worked on 360, the most typical response I get is, that was interesting and didn't tell me anything I didn't already know. So then, that, then my mind goes to, okay, well, how much did this cost (laughs) both in the price of the instrument and also in the time into uh, everybody's time to complete it and would there be maybe a quicker less expensive more impactful way to do this
0: yeah all great thoughts and absolutely there's pros and cons and not i I think it's also worth noting that there's lots 360 is kind of a general approach to feedback Um, and there's so many different types of instruments that are out there so basically, I imagine most listeners know what a 360 is, but you know, where you have, you get peer evaluation, you get a, a supervisor evaluation, you have direct report evaluations, maybe even a customer evaluation, um, different people from all angles providing feedback on you. Um, what I love about that is it really helps you to see how others perceive you Mm -hmm. um and so it's really holding up that mirror right in front of your face and sometimes it can be a little painful and a little difficult but it can often illustrate some of the gaps in your own perception versus other people's perception Mm -hmm. um and so if i rate myself a certain way but then i see you know other people rating me another way then it's not even about who's right or wrong or who has a biased perception it's it's just pointing out that there's a perception gap (laughs) that Mm -hmm. needs to be addressed. Right. And so I think that's useful. Um, but your, your point about long instruments is super valid and I've seen some just crazy long, um, 360 feedback instruments and you know, uh, they, the more complicated the instrument, the more, um, the more types of analyses they can do with it, um, presumably. Um, is it worth the extra time for the types of insights that you're getting back? Because I've had a similar experience as you where people will look at the full report, this, you know, this 50 page report that's produced off of this, you know, 40 plus minute long instrument that all these people did on them. And it takes them forever to navigate through the report and try to understand it. Um, And then once they do, they realize, Oh yeah, I I knew that. I knew that. I knew that, Um, you know, and it it doesn't really seem to be worth the time. Um, Mm However if you can craft a good 360 feedback instrument with a handful of um, quantitative elements and maybe a handful of qualitative, um, open-ended types of responses that people can reply to, and it only takes like 10 minutes, five minutes, 10 minutes, um, you can still get a lot of really great insights. And it's, not nearly as expensive it doesn't take as much time so you're not there's not as much opportunity cost involved doing it and you can still get you know that kind of 360 view so Mm -hmm. i don't know i i think um i think sometimes uh leaders get a little too excited about the feedback um to the point where it just becomes excessive um Mm -hmm. but i suppose if, if, if we're in a world where leaders don't think they need feedback uh, or they don't, they're not taking the time to get the feedback, you know, if the alternative is doing a ridiculously long 360 or doing nothing, I'd, I'd rather have them do the ridiculously long 360, but that's not the only choice. Um, obviously it's not that kind of false dichotomy and mm-hmm. and there are a lot of options. And so I know both you and I have used um, those types of instruments in the past. I've developed, I've I've, uh, I've created, Um, unique instruments based on the input of employers, uh, and it it can be fairly straightforward, fairly quick and easy to do, and it doesn't need to take all the time, and it doesn't need to be so expensive um, Mm -hmm. and still get that valuable feedback.
1: Yeah, yeah, absolutely.
0: So what other types of tools have you used um, that have been helpful as you've done leadership development work?
1: So probably the one that I'm using the most right now that I'm finding most useful over time is a qualitative interview. So this uh, gets to specificity and also gets to that 360 benefit that you mentioned, where you're getting a really broad um, and in many ways deep and their their impact. So for example, peers, um, colleagues, uh, direct reports, folks up above, maybe key stakeholders, Inside and outside the organization, uh, more folks are asking. For example, to uh, interview with vendors and key partners because we're all part of these massive global supply chains these days. And just asking a few simple questions: you know, what are the what are John's strengths? Uh, in what ways uh, might John leverage those strengths even more? Where are where do you see John's strengths getting in the way? Uh, what are some areas of development? And if you could whisper one word of advice to John, what might that be? And what I'm finding is in 30 minute interviews, uh, the really powerful piece that I'm able to distill are the themes, but then most importantly, the, uh, what I call the excerpts. So these are verbatim quotes that I can still retain anonymity, uh, but it's so powerful whenever I give the download to the client and if somebody you know has been has gotten feedback before that their listening skills aren't great, that's pretty generic. You know, what what do you do with that? So if I'm interviewing somebody and they say, you know, Julie's listening skills aren't aren't great, I would say, can you give me an example? And then they might give an example of, you know, I was in a meeting and she rolled her eyes when I made a comment. And I would follow up with them, what was the the impact of that on you? And they would say something hypothetically like, well, I I shut down and basically don't say an awful lot of our meetings anymore. So then I can feed that back to Julie and say, you may or may not intend this. Uh, and sometimes folks have body language and they literally have no clue <laughs> the message that is being sent. And when I share the impact of the behavior, it really lands in a very different, a very different way. And moreover, it gives behavior-specific, um, you know, ideas you know directions where where they can take it so and and again it doesn't have to be complicated something as simple as don't roll your eyes so then you know julie can say in a minute okay it's been brought to my attention that i roll my eyes a i didn't know i was doing that maybe b i did and that's not helpful so i want i want you to raise a hand or give some sort of signal if i do that and my coach is going to follow up in three months to check in to see how i'm doing on this i'm going to screw up you know it's not going to be perfect but my goal is you know better behavior uh, over time and the combination of the qualitative interview and then a 90 day and then a six month follow-up is really powerful because at the end of the day any 360 degree tool is only as good as the follow-up that does or does not happen
0: afterwards absolutely absolutely i completely agree Well, Julie, it has really been a pleasure. The time has gone far too quickly. Uh, We're about out of time. And I do really appreciate all of your insights that you've shared and the tips um, uh, that you've shared with us about leadership development. Before we part ways, though, today, can you share with the listeners a little bit more about how they can get connected with you um, and how they can learn more about you and your work?
1: Sure. If you go to academicleadershipgroup.com, you will see my bio there and also articles that myself and my colleague Jenny have written uh, over the years. And also I've encouraged folks to connect with me via LinkedIn as well.
0: Excellent. And I encourage listeners to connect with Julie as well. Um, It's really, truly been a pleasure, Julie, talking with you. And I hope everyone has a wonderful rest of their day and that you stay healthy and safe and find meaning and purpose at work.